0: Hello, and welcome to Horror. This is a podcast in which Lee and Adam take their friend Chris on a journey through horror cinema. New episodes are posted every two weeks, and you can follow us at SoundCloud, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Please post any questions with the hashtag... Ask Welcome to Horror, and the gang will answer them on the show. Before we begin, two warnings. There will be both swearing and spoilers in abundance, so we recommend that you have watched the movie being discussed first. Thank you for listening.
1: Right, good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Horror, I'm Lee, I'm Adam, Hi, I'm Chris, um, and we are fresh out of watching the Amicus, Doctor Terror House of Horrors. First um, Amicus. Yes, first Amicus. First. First Peter Cushing. Yeah. More no. Cushing for the pushing. <laughs> I'm sorry Chris, I do <sighs> apologise, it's taken us a full year <sighs> to finally get round to...
2: I, I think I'm going to say that I think that worked out well, because... I'm pretty sure I'm gradually enjoying the older ones, ah, I um, see. or or I just happen to really like this one. <laughs> but you know, either way, it's good. I think or it's a bit of both. Could theory could theory. well yes. be, yes. yeah. Um,
1: but before we get to that, Adam, have you been watching anything horror or not? Um, horror? I watched the first
0: episode of something that Channel Four is showing. Well. They're doing that thing Water presents where it's like their foreign language stuff. Okay. And basically, there's no genre specific thing to it. Like, they did one a little while back that was basically a, a Spanish Orange is the New Black and things like okay. that. Sort of. Yeah, they do, they've done one which is a Belgian thing called Tabula Rasa. Mm. Um, so, I watched the first episode because they showed that on normal telly, and then the rest of it you can watch on 4OD. Mm-hmm. Wait, what does
2: Tabula Rasa mean?
0: I, I'm going with Red Table. But I don't think it is. I think it's... Tabular is like scene or... um Like sort of set piece or something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think Rasa is red. Okay. Because okay. there's a lot of red in it. Uh, okay. Um, but basically it's... um Starts off with a woman in a mental... Like um, uh, in a, a mental asylum. She has she had a car crash a few years ago and ever since then she's had short term memory loss Mm -hmm. so she can remember everything up until the crash so she knows who she is she knows her life, she knows her husband and her daughter but beyond the crash it's affected her so that she doesn't remember anything it then uh, but she's in there because, and the police come in and are asking her about the disappearance of a man who she doesn't no, <clears throat> well apparently doesn't know and um and then it flashes back to three years previously which is after she's had the accident so she still has the memory issues mm. and it's sort of filling in elements of story from there and by the looks of it the way it's sort of going um the person she basically, like uh, she's having to, she has to have loads of stuff around her to remind her of like what she's meant to be doing. Like they move into an, a new house, and like the husband's having to te- like having to tell her that there's like right. Remember, it's left to the bathroom, right to the stairs. In our old house, it was the other way, yeah, and all things like that. So one of the things he's done is he's put their address in a sticker on her dashboard, yeah of, you know, remember we've moved house, this is where we yeah. are, just in case she forgets her sat-nav, because although yeah. it's programmed at the sat-nav, she has short-term memory mm-hmm. loss. Um, but while they're sort of unpacking stuff in the house, she takes a load of stuff down the dump. The guy who works at the dump is the guy who's gone missing. Mm-hmm. And he spots her address on... He's obviously clocked her address on the dashboard. Yeah. And by the end of the first episode, you're shown him... Going through like the stuff that she chucked out. Okay. And he's like, obviously a bit... Basically, he's got a nutty room, as Adam and Joe would put it. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, right, this is a creepy serial killer sort of room. yeah. And so, yeah, and it's all a bit sort of weird. It may have supernatural elements, or it may be a thriller. Because her memory loss is done... It's a bit like, say, Hannibal. Where although Hannibal is ostensibly real life Hmm. there's a lot of things where it's like inside the psychology of people so it has weird elements and weird visions and things like that so i don't know if it's going down the supernatural route or not but there's a lot of weird things obviously with her memory there's like but now there's weird time dilations and things like that have started happening and yeah, so I don't, and I, and basically, I know this guy's gone missing. I know he's connected to her somehow, and he seems to be a protagonist. Like he's oh, sorry, and he seems to be the antagonist. Yeah, but also he's the one missing, and she's their number one suspect. To keep asking, where is he? Okay. So I don't. I really <laughs> don't know where it's going. So I'm kind of intrigued. I'm gonna continue with it I was sort of half and half like I thought oh you know this is all right I don't know if it's supernatural or not but Mm. you know maybe I will and then having watched it I sort of like then I'm about half an hour later I was like I'm going to check we have got four OD you know (laughs) I want to check we've got this just in case and (laughs) and so yeah so I'm definitely sort of going to go further with it it also does have a cat with three legs in it and Mm -hmm. that kind of sold me as well because they find the cat in the basement she's only got three uh so yeah Oh, and um, don't hug me. I'm
1: scared. Uh, yes, which we watched as well. We did, but we did watch it after about eight hours of drinking. Yeah, um, and it was a little bit weird and a little bit dark yeah. for a long drinking session. But in. did
0: you? But Claire wants to
1: know: Do you? Would you count that as horror? Or yes. What, yes, we a had it out. Cool. It's cause... got that thing where it's so surreal; it makes you feel kind of queasy. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to watch it again not after eight hours of drinking. Well, see I, I would suggest it might make it, it might make a great bonus
0: episode.
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: I, I would watch it again sober and yeah. see how I take it then. Uh yeah, at the time it was very dismaying and I had to go and watch it. I Me and Dean had to go and watch a Will Ferrell movie to <laughs> cleanse out. Well, I had, had, had to lie down, so you know. Yeah, yeah, nice. and you went for a little sleep. <laughs> <seat>. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris have you been watching
2: anything horror or non-horror that you would like to? Since last week, <coughs> all I can think of that I watched was Life of Brian, <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> which I don't think quite manages to be horror. But what a fantastic... It was, yeah. Fantastic. It was funny. Nail now up. <laughs> Nail some seats into it. <laughs> He's not the Messiah. He's a very <laughs> naughty boy. I really
0: wish... They, uh, they used to be able to get a Charles Manson shirt with that. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I really wish
2: I'd bought that. <laughs> yeah. and well, well, there the you Charlie go. Does, there's, there's a, there's yeah. a, sort of a <laughs> there's connection somewhere. <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, no, it's great. So, there you go. Also, did you
0: know that they actually... At the end of it, because obviously there is the dance number on the crosses. Yeah. yeah. Um, what They obviously put everyone up and then uh Terry Jones was like right no can you what well, we'll put this person there we'll put that person there all the crosses were made to measure
1: bloody hell really so
0: basically everyone genuinely was being crucified yeah because on. but no they, one they was hanging the right way. as well, yeah like- yeah but no one was hanging on the cross. They were originally fitted mm. to... Oh, God. I think, so. obviously, Graham Chapman would have been because, obviously, he's is in the centre. Yeah, yeah. But everyone yeah, else, like, like, they swapped people around mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it's better if he's there and, there. and they were like... Yeah, so we just basically crucified ourselves in the sun <laughs> in Tunisia <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. like, <laughs> the best part of what, two days why to Why is it always Tunisia? I What's... think it's because they have very good breaks for um, film... Okay. I think it's also a relatively safe country, so that uh, you don't okay. have like you get all the scenery you off. need without all yeah, the, without the and, yeah without yeah
2: okay so because hey, I mean mm. Star
0: Wars that place is a hotel and they've still kept all the Star Wars stuff yeah, yeah. They? they kept
1: all the bits that they stuck mm. on to make it look space yeah so well,
0: yeah, I still
2: done, think though. I should go there one day like I to. I keep
1: saying that and mm. I do want to go to Tunisia as well so gonna mm. have to get a Moo, though too hot for anything
0: yeah else.
1: yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't mind if buzz if it's good enough for buzz Osborne it's good enough for me <laughs> um so uh, since the last episode i've not watched anything horror um i have totally binged um cobra kai oh yeah on mm. um uh, youtube red and it's not you, not red tube not red tube okay. no oh, yeah. I, I didn't try putting Cobra Kai into RedTube. I just that, just that could be interesting. <laughs> but yeah, Cobra Kai was phenomenal. As someone who, as that being their favourite childhood film was the Karate Kid movie, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai was fantastic. The perfect it, evolution. It really mm-hmm. was. It was. It was cheesy enough. It it was a. It was enough of a mirror to the original. So. It's it's kind of different that Daniel is now again teaching one child, the same as Mr. Miyagi taught only mm-hmm. him, um and uh Johnny is now teaching a whole a whole group of Cobra Kais, but they're all the misfits from school who get bullied. Oh, okay. So basically he kicks the shit out of a load of bullies. Um and the kid who was getting bullied then comes to him and says, Oh, will you teach me? Mm. And he ends up in a predicament where he has to teach it. Where he, he, yeah, he says, Oh, you know what? Somebody needs to teach these dickheads a lesson. So he teaches this kid, then he thinks, Oh, I can make money out of this, he opens a school, and gets all the misfits from school who are all bullied, and then just teaches them all to kick the shit out of people. Kick but yeah, it's it's really good. It, it's got a lot of contrived elements to it, but only in as much as you'd expect of something that nostalgic. Mm. Is it the is it the original actors playing Johnny and yes. Danny? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, mm. so the, so both of those come. Apparently, that was how it came about, was mm. that they? I don't know where they got together again probably a convention somewhere yeah but from what I heard it it was their original idea and they said we could do a you know Mm. an us now type thing um yeah and sold it to RedTube and uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry now now you've got me sold it to YouTube Red and now it's yeah so they made the series around them and it's really good I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it I smashed it in about three nights um Despite the fact I was vaguely upset about the cost of it, because um, we don't get YouTube red over here, mm. so they gave you the first two episodes for free and then said it's two pounds an episode for the next eight episodes. And I was like, that's a bit steep. Yeah, because you think oh, I wouldn't pay that for a full season or something on DVD, and um, I've got nothing to show at the end. I was going to say it's not even like you've got a download of it or no, anything like that. just yeah. strict but. To be fair, it it was such a good show, yeah, well, I didn't resent it at all. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I've been watching is Monkey, the new oh, it's, Legends it, of Monkey. Mm. It's, mm. it's very good,
2: it's that, very, very, the, very good. That's um, the Monkey and the Pig and yeah, yeah. yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah Monkey, Pigsy, Tripitaka and Sam. Yeah. yeah, that was great. So, yeah. So this is a new... So Netflix have remade oh, it. good old Netflix. Well done. Yeah.
1: Again, another yeah. masterful job by Netflix. They've taken this mm. really quirky, really weird scene yeah. to remade it and made it modern, but equally quirky and <laughs> equally mm. random. Uh, Sandy's gorgeous in it. Which I did. I was, I, I, I
0: was trying to work that out because I saw like I, I saw like a poster for it, and I saw there was. Um, I saw it was two men, two women. Yeah. So I was trying to work out whether, but Sandy yeah, was a man. It was, in, in, the in, original in yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to work way. out whether that was Sandy or Pigsy was uh, the yeah. other woman.
1: Yeah, no. So, so Sandy is is mm. the is the woman. Um,
2: so if, is it the same story from the start where he yes.
0: Cause it is based it's because it's based on an, old on, te- a on, a, on an original text yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, right. called i think is i think it's monkey and his journey to the east mm. Mm. so yeah Yeah, a so monkey had the seven sacred scrolls and threw them across the land mm. um, and now Tripitaka has brought him back from stone mm. after he's he was turned to stone for being a dickhead. By the god but, door yeah, it yeah.
0: pissing up the uh, pillars of heaven in, in the original it's pissing up the pillars of heaven that actually sounds like to be God's hand <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China mm. Mm. it's that same yeah. sort of
2: crazy like it could ad- it could really be done badly and yet somehow yeah. they pull it off yeah. amazingly
0: because yeah. I, mean I mean the original was absurdly sort of like you know I don't, I think it was probably reasonably high budget but not overtly yes you know but <laughs> Sort of like, and but just the the just charm of it, mm, the fact yeah. that it, you know, and it's sort of, and there's weird little bits that have stuck with me for years. Having because I never, you know, it wasn't something where I recorded it and watched it over and over again or anything like that. But, somehow it but stuck there's little bits so that embedded, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like there's one, there was one where it was like kick. There were three kings who ate metal, and like they would eat gold, silver, and copper. And then they're secretly deposing the gold king, so <laughs> the silver king starts eating gold, <laughs> and the copper king starts eating si- silver. <laughs> and they recruit another guy into and like, and it's just the sort of colour change sort of thing. And yeah, just absolutely wonderfully mental sort of mythology and stuff like that. Yeah, that I just loved with it. Yeah,
1: and they, they've totally incorporated that in the new no series, and I. I really enjoy it I think it's a it's a really good again with Netflix as they always seem to be getting everything perfect at the moment they've done the same thing so they've updated it enough that it all it all feels relevant and mm. modern
2: but it's just as batshit crazy I um, you know what Netflix have got to do next Big Trouble in Little China <sighs> well they
0: are Since meant to be doing that film of it aren't they? Are they Brock
1: is meant to be doing a film of Big Trouble in Little China
0: I but is Netflix that? doing it though I, I
2: don't, don't know it's I, just going to be do you know what if, be... if
1: anyone could replace Kurt Russell <laughs> it's The Rock because mm. he can do no wrong I, I, aren't we calling him Dwayne
2: Johnson, Dwayne Johnson doesn't Johnson. like being called The Rock no. no sorry I did point that out no, in the last
1: episode sorry yeah. um, right um, yes so to jump into the main event this evening um, we're about to have a short interlude um, in which um Chris will be discussing... <laughs> you look confused by that, Chris. I thought Adam was going to do an interlude sound. Oh, no, I, 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 no, Sorry, I didn't give him any prior... You can edit in an interlude sound, yeah. possibly featuring the musics of the evenings. Mm. There you go. Right. Perfect. Um, so we're going to have a brief interlude um, in which Chris discusses with his aunt Maggie, um, who is staying with us for this weekend. She uh, sat with us and watched... Um, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors um, and gave us her insight into it um, yeah because it's been a long night and it's now um, half past eleven at night um, and she's got to go up early in the morning so she sat and recorded earlier when the episode first finished while me and Adam went and had a little beer <laughs> um, so we'll have that now
3: Splunge yes well I, I don't normally watch horror no. <laughs> anyway this tonight old one with actors that I've seen over the years, or Alan Freeman from Radio 1 fame in my youth.
2: Yeah, it sounded like the others had heard of him. I haven't, so I'm sure I'm going to learn all about him.
3: Well, yeah, fluff. Top 40 on a Sunday. Okay. But um, I thought it was amazingly good. Um, I I like things that I don't really like to admit to like Agatha Christie's because they're not really very um yeah well there you are and so is that where Jennifer gets it from don't know but I think I like about those that they're the period set and they're not too scary they've got usually got very good cast in them and they're quite engaging to watch
2: so they're like a mystery thriller
3: I think it's the human interaction I like Mm. Because in this one, I mean, it was of its time, all men in a carriage and all that. But um, with women with just fairly bit parts. Although, of course, one of the stories, the woman turned out to be the Avenger, which was uh, rather a nice little turn.
2: Which she turned into sort of a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A bit unexpected. I didn't expect that. (laughs) Most of them were very predictable.
2: Um, Although I wonder, because when watching older movies, I always think if this, if we'd seen this at the time, it was probably quite groundbreaking to some degree. Yeah. How many other stories would there be similar to this? Yeah,
3: no, I think I think that's true, and it, it, in a sense, you could say it stands the test of time because mm. I, I was engaged in it the whole way through it and enjoyed it really enjoyed it um but i i don't like being too scared so the fact that um the scary bits were were more amusing now
2: they were a bit yeah i wonder sometimes the effects um can look funny whereas again i suppose at the time they may have looked more Mm. realistic Mm. um with a rubber glove yeah a little bit although I thought they still did quite well with that yeah
3: and and again I think what what made it quite gripping as a film Mm. and worth watching was the human interaction and and the all films I think there's a repeating theme in in all well all films all stories plays Um, I saw the modern version of Shakespeare's Macbeth last night and yeah there were some similarities in terms of, uh, perhaps not so much with the quest for power, but themes of humiliation and Mm. fear and anxiety leaving to almost a paranoia, which was created in all of the stories, I think. Um, One of the ones that I I, I quite enjoyed, if that's the right word, was the... I think it was Peter Cushion? Wasn't it when he was being, Peter Cushion? The other guy was being humiliated. The art critic, Christopher Lee, Christopher yeah. Lee. that's that was, that was too Yeah, up. rather
2: pompous. Yeah, uh, and happy to be very derogatory towards the artist. Without which, is, which, I suppose, is the purpose of an art critic sometimes. But yeah, he didn't seem to have any compassion.
3: Yeah, very unkind and mm. and and bullying. Yeah, humiliating. Yeah. And then got his comeuppance when, yeah. uh, which we were anticipating.
2: <sighs> mm. So
3: again, you can anticipate, it, but enjoy mm, but it still, all, yeah. almost all the more because you know that it's coming.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I said I thought it was going to be a child, but it turned out yeah. it was
3: a an ape. Which, of course, you wouldn't be able to see perhaps in today's. No. And uh, no apes were harmed in the making of it. Probably. But. Um,
2: Although a dog was.
3: Oh, well, I, I presume that was Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was perhaps the only sad bit was in one of the stories mm. where the dog um, gets strangled by the plant. That was a it, little. But harsh. it is by
2: a plant, so I suppose it seems quite natural. It's a bit harsh with a yeah. little dog,
3: poor little dog.
2: And the poor girl left with no friends to play with.
3: But actually, because um, of the way it was set and done, you 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 don't get too upset about it. Mm the the relationship between the dog and the girl is clear the puppy or the, or the small dog but it's not developed to the extent where because yeah. like I can get quite emotional about most things um I could almost feel sorry for the plant so hmm. I think I think again that that may be a, a plus of the genre because it, it
2: it's it, enough to can, get a good sense without being too
3: that being Affecting the set. Yeah. yeah, too upsetting.
2: So I, I did really like the fact that it was um, sort of six stories. Hmm.
3: I I think it's something about the quality of the film mm. that you're still
2: looking forward to the yeah next like,
3: story and not not being bored by it. Well, and
2: the conclusion, like, what's it?
3: Yeah, because I thought they were somehow going to go off and do something else. Yeah, okay. couldn't. You, yeah. Could you really? Well, or do? Well, did,
2: so I suppose that was it. They were already mm. dead and that none of them knew no. mm. uh,
3: and again a, a good way to end it really yeah. in that sense of uh,
2: yeah that's the first time I've seen Peter Cushing in anything except Star Wars
3: oh right I've heard him on Radio 4 mm. and Radio 4 Extra particularly they do reruns he's got a, a great voice for that
2: yeah of, uh, Yeah, I can imagine so what? what does he do?
3: Um, well, he he's narrated a lot of kind of, um, I was going to say horror, what thriller, not thrillers, mm. um, like kind of of dramatic. Suspense. Yeah, yeah right. um, uh, of the, oh, and I think he was involved with Tales of the Unexpected, the Roald mm. Dahl, Um had a very long running series, um, again, probably 70s, I think, yeah. Um Saturday evening, about 9 o'clock. If I could sing or had a tune, I could um, mimic the theme tune.
2: I think you should try.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I can't do it. But it was... Um, and, and in fact, when it started, it reminded me a bit of some of the Tales of the Unexpected because they mm. were always little stories with little twists in them. Yeah, OK. Uh, I guess
2: that makes sense based on what they're called.
3: Well, yeah. and And they... But of that, of the same sort of ilk, really, of mm. ordinary, everyday people... Yeah. Um, ..living everyday lives. And then um, something
2: unusual. Yeah. Uh,
3: so there was one of the Tales of the Unexpected where the woman is having an affair with a chap who lives in Ireland and she pretends she's going to see her, her auntie, old auntie, and, and look after her once a month and... Um, Mm. Her husband's the dentist, the dull old dentist. Anyway, that the the man breaks it off with her, but leaves her with a present, which is a beautiful mink coat. A coat, but she can't go home with it because her husband would think well, yeah, where have you got that. She, yeah. So she, as a cunning plan, she pawns the coat, and then she pretends she's found the ticket. Mm. When she pawns it, she asks the man not to write any names on it. And then she says, "Oh, I found this ticket, and it's all going swimmingly." And the to the husband insists on picking up the yeah.
2: mystery item,
3: and uh, she's very excited because she's going to get a f- coat. And do you know what happens? Can you guess?
2: Well, go on.
3: Any ideas?
2: So he he goes into the shop to get the coat and the. Uh, What do you call it? The owner of the shop, Kornbroker, must say something that gives it away.
3: No, no, it's better than that. What he does is he gets the mink coat, uh, but when he returns home, he gives her a little fur, a little um, neck fur. Uh, She can't say, well, it should be a coat, because she's not supposed to know. And then... So she comes to see him at the dental practice where he gives her this disappointing to her yeah. neck scarf, but she has to pretend to be, oh, how lovely. But then why
2: has he not given her the coat? Because
3: then as she gets in the lift to leave, mm. his receptionist comes gets back from her lunch coat yeah. in the mink coat. That is a good little and, uh, Yeah, so, um, yeah, mm. we've, we've digressed a little bit. Um, that often happens. Yeah. So, uh, um, there were a few few notable things in the... Because uh, you think at the time, I, think, oh, I must remember to say that. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, I sometimes I, I, I keep notes. But, but yeah, so I, I thought they were all good in the fact they were quite different. Um, you know, particularly the, the jazz one.
3: Yeah,
2: that, that was one Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that was more deliberate comedy I would right. say
3: yeah
2: it, the uh, the character played quite a comical sort of musician right. um, yeah so, so that was pretty good and then of course the twist with the vampire one where it turns out he was
3: well it's funny because when he was doing that I didn't like to interrupt I was thinking mm. wouldn't it be awful how would you get out of explaining that death really that seemed so obvious, really, a problem. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. To be fair, I, I thought that was probably one of the weaker ones in it. Well, Perhaps they tried to do it a bit quickly.
2: Yeah, possibly. I, I quite liked it, partially because, as I say, it was the first time I've seen Donald Sutherland that I can oh, think right. of. So it, mm. uh, like, it was really good to see. Just because of all the different characters. It's
3: quite... He must have been a brilliant actor because he's, he's not a particularly attractive looking man, mm. is he really?
2: I suppose he's got sort of a, a charisma. Yes. That, that a lot of actors yeah, do. Yeah, a person. Yeah, so he yeah. probably pulls it off because of that.
3: But is it, it's interesting, again, as I say, reflecting on the subtleties of the psychological relationships between the different people and their... Mm. Um, and, and playing on the themes that are familiar to all of us. Yeah. So in in the architect one, you know, it was his original house and yeah, you know, going back to that and then being trapped by mm. history and almost being fooled is the wrong word. Um, Seduced is the wrong word. Um, is yeah, kind of lulled in. Lulled, a, that's yeah. Kind of, yeah. Oh, lovely house. Yeah. Lovely woman bought mm. it.
2: And yeah, what could possibly be going wrong?
3: Yeah. Uh, and the way history can then impact on you later on, even yeah. though it's not you that did it, but the generations before, which we, yeah, we see the world over there. could be applied, we? yeah, certainly. And certain things. A lot of
2: real situations.
3: Sort of um, mm. I'm trying to think of what was some of the other stories in there. The that wasn't the first story, was it? That yeah, that was. Oh, that the, was the architect,
2: together Yeah. yeah well, um,
3: we've just seen it and now. I'm struggling to remember what.
2: Well, this is the of. the plant, the vampire.
3: The plant was interesting because there was a lack of. Clear motive around that in terms of uh, why would a plant suddenly be.
2: Well, what, what I really liked about that was the, the part where the scientist explains the evolution of plants and each stage. So mm. I think he gave five stages mm. from single celled up to a Venus flytrap type of plant, and then he said the next stage would be uh, some sort of intelligence. It was a bit funny, and again, it's hard to know whether it was deliberate. Mm. I imagine it wasn't deliberate funny, but when he used the microscope and he saw a brain, and he said, "You know, yeah. Yeah, I was right." Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> a plant would actually have yeah. a brain, but um, but yeah, sort of some intelligence that drives it to realise when it needs to defend itself. You know, like, that's a pretty good idea. Um,
3: so again, was that is that some of the way in which people are complacent about? Well, things willing
2: to destroy, yeah, without necessarily realising um, the effects. Considering, yeah. I mean, you know, there's some research to say that plants do feel mm-hmm. some sort of experience. Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought that was pretty good. But again, it's seeing the actual plant move, it's hard not to see it as a little comical.
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, but I think that made it endearing, really.
2: It did, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I just don't know if it was. I don't think it was deliberate in all situations, but it I still suppose worked.
3: the generation that would have seen that in its mm. time, uh, I suppose there must be some people twenty, thirty years old who would have perhaps seen it in its time who could explain mm. or describe what that felt like when they watched it that era. That would be an interesting. Yeah. Um interesting to get feedback on that when it people that watched it in the 60s when it first came
2: out. Oh well, yeah. I'd
3: be curious about that. Cuz I can remember watching some Edgar Allan Poe films mm, and okay. the music always the music did yeah. did not it with all the horror films. Um but finding them quite scary. Mm. Which I wouldn't probably do now I don't think.
2: If you watch the same ones now, they really. Yeah.
3: Mm. And I think that's how you ground yourself, don't you, by seeing the.
2: Yeah. So so what have you watched? Anything that actually scared you for a long time.
3: Well, I I think it's more yeah. I mean, some of the series on the TV I don't watch. There was mm. one recently, Marcella, which was about a woman. A detective, I think who got signed off out of the, police and was. Being stalked, maybe. Okay. Uh, What's so the that... first episode I thought, oh, that's a bit too much. And then mm. there were—I mean, Happy Valley was an excellent, excellent series with Sarah Lancashire, which I did keep watching, and it was very good. I'm glad I did watch it, but I found it hard to watch because it was quite odd going. But that's set in real time to do with a, a rapist and. So
2: then, you yeah, would that be sort of more thriller uh, or? fearful drama fearful drama yeah Yeah.
3: how would you define them differently because there's more of the supernatural well we've debated this
2: a few times so certainly yeah when there is a supernatural element it feels Mm. easier to say it's kind of horror but certainly yeah I think it doesn't have to have that Mm. Um, I suppose generally it would have some amount of killing elements
3: i think it's when you said scared i thought yeah. oh well, what have i well, found is, scared yeah so
2: i i don't particularly yeah, i think if the suspense gets so high then it can feel very intense and yeah scary I, I
3: don't like suspense mm, too much too, no. no and okay. i um so there i do watch those kind of dramas but mm. i don't like them if they've got too much suspensing or too much yeah it and needs then to I'm be upset with
2: some yeah, I, I sometimes levitas. almost need
3: to know it's going to be a happy ending yeah, e- yeah. if I'm going to watch it. Um,
2: mm. Well, I, I'd recommend The Witch. That, okay. that gets very suspenseful. But then the end is arguably I, I, quite uplifting. I'd, I'd like once that
3: uh, got scary bits to make me laugh. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the Jurassic Park era, but mm. I can remember um, my partner screaming when the suddenly the dinosaur's head Came into the car or something, yeah. And I, I found that very funny, partly a reaction, and uh, <laughs> also my uh, little one will daughter will come and jump out on me when I'm not mm. expecting it. She does it often, but not often enough for me to expect it, <laughs> and it absolutely makes me scream. Mm. It's a real scream from the belly, but I love it as well because it's it's a quick shock. Yeah followed by okay. a great feeling yeah. yeah you think it's like a shot really yeah
2: so maybe you're saying she doesn't like too much suspenseful so it's got mm-hmm. to have some something offsetting it and i said the witch would be a great option because it's a lot of suspense but the end is quite uplifting if you speak to adam for long yeah. enough yeah yeah definitely
3: you'll be convinced it of that an and is sense. the suspense unbearable
2: at times because i don't like too much it builds to quite a, a crescendo
0: it's more tension than suspense really.
1: It is. is it? It's the you, you really feel for the for the family involved. Like you It's yeah. it's good
2: drama I would say. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Quite a lot through,
1: yeah. yeah. it's a fantastic movie. As mm. um, I say we covered it and it's yeah. it really is phenomenal. It's one of those it feels like it isn't going anywhere for a long like horror wise it isn't going anywhere yeah, for a long time. So there's you not
2: get, much horror.
1: You get so drawn into the whole family dynamic yeah, and would their struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and then when the whole supernatural element comes in, it it really turns the table on mm-hmm. it. It's
3: well, I, I might give that a go then, particularly if you if you're guaranteeing me not an unhappy ending. Well,
2: uh, <laughs> so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a Divide, there is a divide. possibly. Oh. Yeah, you could. It's it's open to interpretation, so it would be interesting it, to hear how you it, interpret it's it. It's
3: funny because. Do you remember many moons ago when you were a teenager or a late mm. teenager and someone had told me the film, it isn't horror, the secretary was very good and very funny. Right, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And right we watched thing. it and it was like, it was pretty embarrassing really because yeah. it was a bit weird and a lot of spanking in it and it isn't sad to watch a yeah. yeah. teenage nephew really. <laughs> it's all sitting there not knowing which way to look really. Um, so I guess what someone uh, Yeah, where someone way,
2: in terms of, I, I don't think you could... Get that wrong with the witch, okay. really? I'd I'd argue that it's somewhat of a feminist ending, okay. possibly. Yeah, I, there's I, there's I, an element of female freedom. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: And uh, um, obviously, one that did the rounds a few okay. years ago, which was seen as a a very different film, was the Blair Witch mm. project. Was p- project which I didn't see. That says, would you a, call that horror?
1: Without a
2: doubt.
3: Mm. Yeah. And, and would I would
2: you, say it's very suspenseful throughout. Yeah. It's quite, yeah, that, quite it's, a lot of it's tension. Jumpy, it's jumpy. Yeah. yeah, it's very
1: sort
3: of... But not really one for someone <laughs> like it's, myself it's, of a sensitive... It's, 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 it's not a happy po- ending. Possibly not, no. Yeah, certainly <laughs> yeah. not happy Yeah, that one does Because I, I can be haunted by films for years
2: and mm. years, years. Yeah, I wouldn't really rush years. to that. No, no, I'll,
3: no. I... No. I can tell you of moments in films that still stay with me now as if they were,
2: mm.
3: you know, happened to me. So, uh, yeah. But,
2: yeah, the, if Chris
1: had suggested The Witch, I'd totally... Well, okay. it, it, seemed,
2: it seemed to fit, you know, with what you were saying. And I thought it's got a slightly more uh, mm. increased element of horror. Well, uh, still uh, perhaps acceptable. I should view
3: that and uh, put some feedback on Just your... Just don't watch podcast. the first, first uh, your... ten minutes okay. of it.
2: Why? Isn't that the bit where uh, the witch eats a baby? Oh, that comes mm-hmm. a bit further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip, fish. That's skip. That's alright, it's it not a cat. It. A <laughs> <Celsius> <laughs> reply, it's a on a self
3: That bit's fine. probably alright. It's dead yeah. to start with, is it? Uh, no No. No, no. Oh.
2: Right. but it's, it's done it's in not, the artist it's, it's not a sweet little pussy you don't, cat though is it no no, that's no, <laughs> animals, no, <laughs> no if, if, it's any, that's any, if anything the right animals then.
3: come out quite well yeah, they <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well that's alright gets a, a, a great oh
0: Black <laughs> Phillip, yeah. is yeah. possibly one of the finest actors yeah.
3: in his generation yeah. but I I would say thoroughly enjoyed that film really really good film happy to see another one of that genre very because of Santa Cruz, it's all these psychological aspects of the stories of the people involved. Really, and you get
2: just enough of a sense of their life. Mm. And it's yeah. done
3: very well in, in snippets, you know, mm. short. And to each time, sometimes when you see a film like that, you—if it's not done well—you get to the third and think, "Oh, not another one." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I didn't feel that. I could have set, watched another five. Really. <laughs> well,
1: it's that's really the beauty good. of Amicus. They're all like that. They're—they're they're mm. just that right length, really, that whether you get on Mm. with each story or not, it doesn't, Mm. yeah, it doesn't taint you on the entire film as an overall, so a lot of those Amicus ones, I'll generally find one or two. So what's
3: Amicus then? It
1: was a studio, um, so they were were kind of a rival to Hammer, Mm. um, but they were a much smaller production. Mm. Um, Yeah, but they always did the portmanteau style films, so it was always... A wraparound uh, story okay. with four or five segments, uh, which is my favourite. So, say that, know, that so word again. a
2: couple of straight holes Portmanto. Portmanto. Yeah.
1: Jennifer learned that. Uh, Jennifer came out with that term today, and I was thoroughly impressed
2: with that. So not Portobello, not Port Portamento. Is that what's what's the musical where mm. you know the musical effect? Adam should know this. Oh. <laughs> <It> <laughs> port, port, port where well, it, where it builds but... up
3: with sound, and you...
2: yeah, so you go from one note and it goes mm. Holmes, roux, instead of just going ding ding. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, is that not? No, I possibly made all that up anyway. So
1: thank you ever so much for your feedback, Maggie, on the film. Um, yeah, yeah thank you for joining we really
3: appreciate it. <sighs> okay, well, thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure, and the tea was lovely too. <laughs> <laughs> You'll keep that in. <dying. laughs> oh, Cheers. two
1: so welcome back um i hope you enjoyed that bit of an insight into Chris and our, our, our friend of the show, Maggie, discussing this evening's movie. And now we will discuss it also. So, Chris, beyond what you said... Oh, hold on. Oh? Alexa
0: has to tell you. Oh. Mm. Yep, all right, sorry. sorry.
1: Alexa, tell us about Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors is a
3: 1965 horror film. Starring Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Neil McCallum, aboard a British train, mysterious fortune teller Doctor Shrek uses tarot cards to read the futures of five fellow passengers. Its runtime is one hour thirty-eight minutes. It has an IMDb
1: rating of six point eight out of ten and is rated X. <laughs> that's a very concise. I do love yeah, a good. lovely yeah. concise yeah. rundown yeah. to these things. Um, yeah, sixty-five. I didn't realize it was that old. It doesn't yeah. feel that old at mm. all. It feels a lot more modern than that. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of films have taken from that. Really, I, I feel this was a, I don't know, just a big influence on Portmanteau in general. As, as yeah, really
2: the revival of work. it certainly. Yeah, well, look, I haven't seen that many Portmanteau. I don't think we saw one. What was um, the Halloween? We watched Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. So that, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, uh, and so I can't think of many others that I've seen, but um, and I guess that's sort of a novel aspect of it. Mm. But yeah, it's fantastic. Really, I, mean, I think what was quite exciting was all the actors that I haven't seen in many films individually yet, let alone all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah,
1: Donald Sutherland, Roy Mm. Castle, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, um, (coughs) yeah, Fluff Freeman. Alan Fluff Freeman, which is just weird. (laughs)
0: Because, like you said, it's 65, um, and just having a look, there were a few other films out that year. Uh, I've got to mention it because it's Claire's favourite Beatles film, Help. I love that film, absolutely
1: love that film. Um, You don't know anything scientist, do you? (laughs) That's
0: the bitch he likes. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know scientists. (laughs) Um, In that year, as well as this, Peter Cushing was in four other films this year. Jesus. Um, Because Hammer had The Nanny um, and uh, She.
1: (gasps) Oh, The Nanny. Now that's a fantastic movie. That is a good
0: film. And also, Amicus released The Skull. That year as well, which obviously has Peter Cushing in it. That is an amazing. He was film. also in Doctor Who and the Daleks, in which he plays Doctor Who, and Roy Castle is his companion Ian.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, I, so, I like that.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, other uh, Thunderball, the f- fourth James Bond film, Sound of Music, mm-hmm. uh, those magnificent men in their flying machines with Terry Thomas. Yes, um, uh, my fair lady. Thomas.
1: Love Terry Thomas.
0: Shot in the Dark, Malcolm Wise in the Intelligence Men. So it's a bit of a mixed. All oh, the Intelligence yeah. Men. Yeah. I've seen that. So yeah, there's quite a few sort of Die Die My Darling with uh, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that just sounded wrong in my mouth then.
1: <laughs> Donald Sutherland
0: <laughs> went wrong in my mouth. <laughs> Again. And uh, yeah, came out 23rd of February, and number one that day was "Tired of Waiting for You" by the Kinks. <gasps> okay um but yeah and and weirdly enough actually the Peter Cushing Doctor Who films are Amicus films in all but name because it's exactly the same company they just weren't called Amicus when they started doing it
1: do you know what my I remember oh, I'm going to show me age now when we very first bought a VHS mm. uh, recorder a VHS <coughs> wasn't a recorder back then it was a VHS player yeah um and you used to go to the the rental shop, um, literally because it was so early in the day that we got mm. one. The amount of stuff you could actually hire was very very limited. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember my mum hiring out. Literally, it, she hired. It was the we got the player. Yeah. We went to the shop the next day because we got the player and had nothing to play on it, and we hired Charlotte's Web, and. The Peter Cushing Doctor Who, yeah, yeah, and the Peter Cushing Doctor Who, at the age of probably five, didn't quite stand up as well as Charlotte's Web. Well, that's fair. It made me cry less. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But but, uh, yeah. Emotional
0: content wasn't what you came to it for. It was just Daleks
2: But wait, Peter Cushing was the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Peter, Cush- this this is why I Peter Cushing is just incredible. Mm. <laughs> If you could see Adam's face. They, tape. they did it on um, Final Girls podcast. Yes. They always put up stuff on uh, social media, and it was ro- and they did um, right. What five? Uh, it was like um, right. You've got to, you've got to build a team to save the world. What five yes. horror actors do you use? I said I only need Peter Cushing mm-hmm. because. That would combine Doctor Who, Mm. Doctor Van Helsing, Baron Frankenstein, Grand Moff Tarkin, and Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) That's pretty formidable. Yeah, you know, I mean, well,
1: one of them's got a fucking space station that can destroy planets. (laughs) See, and that's why you need to see the babysitter because that's where they got it from the Netflix movie The Babysitter oh right okay. it came from that You yeah you need to have ah, the
2: planet you've okay. got five people who are going to take I was just going to add to that and Darth Vader does what he tells him to yes That's he's, the <laughs> t- under, yeah. <laughs> he's the only person who Darth uh, Vader
0: is under basically he's the
2: because Darth Vader even kills Emperor he doesn't kill he Tarkin doesn't no kill he Grandma doesn't Dar- kill Darkin. Grandma
0: Tarkin no Cause apparently because I mean well let's 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 get into the Cush. Let's do it. Because do the it. Cush is there. Mm. And uh he was just I think that's the other thing as well. It's just so admirable that all you ever hear is what a nice gentleman Peter Cushing was. He was just lovely. Apparently Carrie Fisher and the bear in mind Carrie Fisher does Angry quite well. Mm. Yes. She said that she found it absolutely like, so difficult to muster up hating Grand That's Moff Tarkin awesome. because of how nice Peter Cushing was. Um, like, when he wasn't playing the part, and also, which he plays very well, she does it yeah. very well. But he, um, and actually, when he was Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, the boots were a bit small for him, so he asked um, George Lucas if he could do it in slippers. So, anytime that you see Grand Moff Tarkin he's and you seen, can't see his feet, he's in slippers. Which, again, might have taken away from the whole <laughs> imposing factor, maybe, there. But um, he was a vegetarian for, a, for a, a large portion of his life. He was a patron of the Vegetarian Society. Um, he collected model soldiers at over 5,000. Wow. He um, was also a keen drawer and watercolourist. Um He He actually retired from acting in 1986, so that's why there's say not as many films as sort of Christopher Lee or anything like that, he yeah. just retired. Um and he wrote and illustrated a children's book called The Boys Saga, B O I S. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I'm doing that correctly. Um he also um yeah, I mean there's sort of there's horrible bits, there's good bits and everything, but I mean he was utterly devoted to his wife Helen. Mm. Uh, they married in nineteen forty three and then in 1971, she died, and uh, he was. I mean, you would be anyway, but he was seriously, deeply affected by it, and it sort of goes on. Actually, this is something I found out. In uh, Dracula AD 1972, mm. he was meant to be um, Stephanie Beecham's dad. Yeah. And yeah. by the time he turned up, on, when he turned up, they actually rewrote it as Grandad because. He'd aged in that sort of year since he'd lost his wife. He just looked
1: so I mean, sort yeah. of emaciated
0: and, and yeah, I mean, it really um, did...
1: Wasn't he also a horticulturalist and mm. he created A Strain of Rose?
0: Yes, it was created for him by Jimmy Savile. What? Peter Cushion wrote to Jim Will Fix It asking if he could... Uh, have a, na- uh, a rose named after him, and they he they took him. Because he named and he, it after his wife, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and they met like he met with this guy, and they produced this particular strain of, I believe, a yellow rose. Oh, and he, yeah, and he named it after his wife. I yeah. didn't know it was Jimmy Cushing. Yeah, that, that, that's Jimmy w- it's weird when you sort of like Jim fixed it, yeah. it for Peter Cushing. Now, I mean, this is this. I mean, this is sort of gives you an idea of it. After, so, in a, a year after his wife died, he had an interview with the Radio Times. Uh, since Helen passed on, I can't find anything. The heart, quite simply, has gone out of everything. Time is interminable, the loneliness is almost unbearable, and the only thing that keeps me going is the knowledge that my dear Helen and I will be reunited again someday. To join Helen is my only ambition. You have my permission to publish that, really, you know, dear boy. It's just killing time. Please say that. And that was his...
1: Uh, you know, He's so human. Mm. This is the thing. He's, he's so... Yeah. It's raw. Yeah it is. It's, you know, that level of sort of vulnerability or just sort of That's what I mean, people don't show that to the public now if no. they're celebrities, like they're they're trained, like they mm. I think it well, was, it's Well it's, um, it's the don't rock the boat thing of it. it's like it's like covering up
0: illness so you still get work because you can't get insurance yeah. and things like that.
1: I said, I think it was um it was Rufus Hound was saying I can't I can't remember who he said it was, mm. but he was saying about somebody who he worked with, who was really famous. And like, oh, what was it like to work with her? And he said, oh, she's been so Hollywood trained. He said, I could have stood there bouncing pennies off of her head, mm. and she'd have stood there with a smile on her face and paid no attention. He yeah. had none of that. He was a pure, yeah. straight-out person. He had no pretense, no yeah, none of that you know, Hollywood or celebrity bravado. No. He was just a, a person. Yeah. It? I mean,
0: he was, him and Christopher Lee were really close friends. Like, mm. I mean, like, sort of just, sort of, perf- you know, brilliant yeah. mates. And that's quite
2: interesting because of their roles. Yeah. In this. And also,
0: yeah. I think also because of their personality, like, in real life, Christopher Lee was a bit of a grumpy, imposing sort of mm. person. Yeah. Whereas, Peter Cushing was. He can, play, he can play that yeah. character. <laughs> but Peter Cushing was sort of like absolute charm because there's that old story of Stephen Fry said that he was he knew Peter Cushing hmm. and he said, Oh, I'm working on a film with a friend of yours, Christopher Lee. And if I'm honest, I'm a bit worried because I've understood that he's. A p-. And Peter Cushing was like, No, 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 he's an absolute pussycat. Don't worry. I'll phone him up. And Stephen Fry was like, Don't, no, don't phone him. Please. <laughs> and so he's phoned him up, Hello. Hello, Chris. Yes, it's Peter. I've got a young actor here who's going to be with you uh, on set next week. And uh, Yes, yes, uh, have a word with him. Hello. <laughs> who's this? <laughs> well, my name's Stephen. I'll be working with you. Mm, very good. I think you'd better put Mr Cushion back on. <laughs> and then, yeah. And he's like, oh, OK. And, yeah, so there's sort of the difference in sort of personality type and everything. But, like, this is Christopher Lee's quote about, like, uh, Peter Cushion. I mean, it starts with I don't want to sound gloomy, <coughs> which is good for, uh, for Christopher Lee. I don't want to sound gloomy, but at some point of your lives, every one of you will notice that you have in your life one person, one friend whom you love and care very much for. Oh, sorry, care for very much. That person is so close to you that you are able to share some things only with them. For example, you can, you can call that friend, and from the very first manacle laugh or some other joke, you know who it is at the other end of that line. We used to do that with each other so often. And when that person is gone, there will be nothing like that in your life ever again. And that's, I mean, in a very way, it's like, I really fucking miss him. Mm. Yeah. And about as much as you get from Christopher, Christopher Lee. Christopher. Yeah. But this is beautiful. This this is the bit that turns it round, though. Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee once got thrown out of the cinema for laughing at a Sylvester and Tweety cartoon. <laughs> They were fucking <laughs> laughing too loudly and had to be escorted <laughs> off the premises. Which is just fantastic. Also, apparently Peter Cushion used to be called props. That was his nickname amongst actors because he always used them in his I mean obviously this has got the tarot card, so he's got yeah. plenty to be doing. But yeah, he always uses sort of props in various things. And apparently he used to it was a matter of routine if when he had a part he would go to the director with a list of what he felt the character would have in their pockets.
1: I've heard that somewhere else, yeah. And apparently even if you never saw it, yeah. because he had them on him, it made him feel in character yeah. because and he, he was he had the right stuff there. So like when
0: it was for example, like if you're doing Sherlock Holmes you've got the necessary bits and pieces or even if it's just door keys isn't it like, like a like. screwdriver what's he got
1: uh, is that a bit of magnifying glass and, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, oh yeah. Shall, shall look shall I... we Doctor who
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, was just... I, don't... Yeah. I think was it was guy? pre-sonic screwdriver yeah, yeah oh, very okay. yeah but um, yeah so that was like his technique and apparently now that is it's one of the techniques that acts as our tool hmm. or sort of comes up in training is that it's like it is a very good way of centering yourself, but it also means you've got stuff to fiddle with hmm. while you're doing stuff, but you haven't got anything incongruous. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... What is it, bloody... Um, in Comic Strip, where they go on about oh, yeah. Meryl yeah. Street with the, the oranges? peeling the oranges, yeah. Yeah, and it's like in every film she peels <laughs> <She's> an orange <laughs> to steal like limelight from
1: stuff. <laughs> I've never... He's one of those actors who... Like you said, even Christopher Lee. We love Christopher Lee. Absolutely adore him. Mm. He's never bad in a film. He never phones it in. He's always amazing. But people say he can be a knob. he could be. Yeah. But but Chris. But um, Peter Cushing never has that. No. Nobody ever has anything to say about Peter Cushing, but the best things ever. Yeah. It's just he just comes across as the most perfect gentleman. Yeah. Really. There's that lovely audio recording of him reading his own autobiography. Now, you bought me that on CD, mm. um, and I, the company I worked for went under, and I didn't get a chance to go back and get that, and I've always been devastated that I only ever listened to it once. Well, I've
0: got, I'll, I'll, bring it, I'll bring my oh, copy around please, so you can have a please listen. Please do, because I love listening to especially that. Especially because he does one chapter, which is just how he died on screen, <laughs> and it's like four stabbings. Six <laughs> six <throttlings. laughs> I was blown up once. He
1: does it in such an exciting yeah. way. Oh.
0: I think that's the thing as well, is he had a real um, he had a real understanding because he's like, I don't really like horror films but my fans do, that's why I do horror films. Mm. So it was kind of like always oh, you know, he was thinking in those sort of terms that I know what my public expect of me.
1: And I love the fact that he was one of those people who didn't Kick back against the way he'd been typecast. No, not at like all. Like he completely, you know, leaned mm. into it and really made the most of it, and that—that's why he was yeah. so fantastic. He knew what he was good at. Yeah, and, and he knew what people wanted to see from him, and he just gave him it every single time without fail. And it's one of those weird things
0: where I go back, like if I watch Star Wars, I get a real thrill whenever he's on. Mm. Because in in a weird way, everything about Star Wars is like, you know, I've lived with it for my entire life. I've seen it however many number of times or anything else like that. But, just an appreciation of certain things within it. And that is one of them. Is Mm. just sort of like, I just like, Yeah, that was a good move, Mm. you know, from George Lucas. It's like, no, you got someone who I can believe can order Mm. fucking Darth Vader. Yeah, you know, he's just so sort of perfect for it.
1: Even his CGI in the latest. See, I
2: was going to say that was, but but, yeah, what do both you both don't mind that because a lot of people I could imagine feel like that. No.
1: It's, it's that As rich. an absolute mm. massive, massive, massive fan of Peter mm. Cushing, yeah, I thought they did that fantastic. I, th- yeah. I
0: thought it looked, I thought it looked good. I think they might have taken it. I think maybe one less scene, mm. and it would have been absolutely. You didn't even register it. I think it was only when they tried to get it a bit more animated that it sort mm. of it lost it. But because that the guy who's playing him there is the bloke who was young Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yeah. You know the film Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I
1: love Young Sherlock.
0: Yes, yeah. the guy who plays Grand Moff Tarkin in that is currently the head of the hospital in Holby City, and also wore Peter Cushing's CGI face mm. for Rogue One. Wow, so I did yeah, not know. Can't that. think of the guy's name, but he he sort of he, he has. The, he's a
1: very unusual looking guy.
0: Mm, he has the right voice as well. He does like yes, because that is not you know, that's not dubbed or anything else like that. That was just his impression of Peter Cushing. Really? Yeah, that's not like that isn't okay, Peter no, Cushing. Yeah, and <laughs> I th- yeah, because but then sort of like I'm, like I say, my mum watches bloody Holby all the time, and I th- I don't think that's too far removed from his voice. And he's quite a sort of skinny bloke as well. Yeah, so yeah. it sort of worked in every sort of sense.
2: But I kind of feel like after seeing the uh, the making of Rogue One, it does seem fitting. And I think that they meant it as a tribute mm. rather than trying to I, just, just capitalise on... I don't
1: think you can see it any other way.
0: Yeah. They, could been, they could have very
2: easily mm, written yeah. him out. The fact yeah. that they
1: brought him mm. into that story, yeah,
2: yeah, I totally saw
1: as homage to... Him and mm. his character,
0: and also the fact that Rogue One literally leads into a new hope, yeah, 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 that it makes it necessary to have him there mm. because otherwise, because he, because they did actually have, um, they had Grand Moff Tarkin is in Revenge of the Sith, but he doesn't have any lines, and it's a guy called Wayne Pygram who was in uh Farscape. And they basically just put a load of prosthetics on him to make him look like Peter Cushion. Yeah, yeah. So right at the end of it, Darth Vader is standing with the Emperor and Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm. But, like I say, doesn't have any lines. They don't make a big deal of it. Yeah, it's just... It just is meant to be him. Because um, apparently I think George Lucas thought he might be able to drop Peter Cushion in, but I don't think he, they had like footage that worked or yeah, would marry yeah. up or anything like that. So... They, yeah they went the prosthetics route, um, but I, yeah I think they um, no I think I, as like you say as tribute I think it's fine and also it's probably recasting it just wouldn't work mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's it was done well enough that because I mean the first uh, certainly the first like scene where he was in it. It was just like only oh, shit.
1: Peter Cushions in this. I was exactly yeah. the same. It took me a few seconds before yeah. it suddenly dawned on me.
0: Because isn't
2: it quite subtle? It shows his reflection first. Yeah, like, yeah I think so it so does. See him. Yeah,
0: but I think it because it was only towards the end where it, it went a bit uncanny valley. Yeah, and hmm. it sort of lost something somewhere, and I don't know what. I don't know what it was, or whether it's just because your brain is already saying,
2: "Well." You know, he's clearly no, not it, here. Yeah. yeah,
0: So, I don't know. Because, I mean, weirdly enough, I don't think the... Although Princess Leia was used less, I don't mm. think it was as successful.
2: Mm. No, no, I agree. I, I still really liked her, mm. being in it. But, oh, no, yeah, it was right, great to have her in it, I and
0: mean, it, was, it was literally seconds, so it wasn't yeah, yeah, But yeah. I just think that they... I mean, probably just because they were going to be doing more with it, mm. they seemed to work on
2: Tarkin yeah. a lot more than they did on Leia. I like what she said because obviously it leads into hope. Yeah, but, yeah but fine, we, finally explains why it's called the New Hope. But it'd be interesting to show it to someone who's never seen, like, doesn't know um, Peter Cushing or Graham off-talking mm. and just see if they actually pick up that, it that is it's energy, not right. That be, yeah. yeah, that it's not it'd just a human. be interesting to yeah. see. No, if, definitely. If, I um, think, yeah. They definitely can. Or do they just just not have children,
1: Chris?
0: You could do that. Well, I know. Yeah. What makes me think they might have
2: seen more than
0: uh, (laughs) Star, a few more
1: Star Wars than
2: I've I've, I've not quite been allowed.
0: It's like Claire. Claire said that a mate of hers. She was watching. I think it was like one of the prequels, um, and she was watching it. And her mate came round, and like they were just getting ready, and it was on. And Claire was humming along to the music, Hmm. she was like, huh, you've seen this a few times, it's like, (laughs) no, there's about eight tunes, in the whole six films, you know, (laughs) it ain't that odd, (laughs) don't be that impressed, (laughs) but obviously, I mean, he had twenty-three Hammer
2: films,
1: yeah,
0: um, he's, Baron Victor Frankenstein, in all but one of their, Frankenstein movies, yeah, because there's one where it's, Ralph Bates, as a younger, Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Um Van. He- now this I didn't realize he's Dr. Van Helsing in Dracula, The Brides of Dracula. Then he's Dr. Van Helsing's um a- like um ancestor. No, not ancestor. Um No, he is isn't it? is is ancestor. Yeah, you're you're someone No, you don't mind. Uh he's he's like his great-grandson or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's ancestor, yeah. Yeah. He is, d- yeah. D- Descendant, no? Descendant, thank yeah. you. That is the word I'm looking for. Okay, so yeah. so go he's his descendant Lorimer Van Helsing in Dracula AD 1972 and the satanic rites of Dracula. Yeah. He's
1: also in The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Oh, it's funny you mention The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. I was thinking about that only today. Yeah. About what a... Totally batshit movie. Well, if you've been
0: watching Monkey, that's, <laughs> I it, think that's probably that's probably in the same vein. Because basically, what happened was is that Hammer, when they were getting towards the sort of tail end of their height, they picked up with the Shaw Brothers, who were like the main exporters of uh, kung fu movies from like uh, Hong Kong. Mm. And yeah, so they sort of, um, so they do like a few. Um, like sort of kung fu horror
2: movies including <laughs> The Legend of the Seven we should watch that right, I, I think I think we should I was going to say I really want to watch another Peter Cushing oh yeah I so. was
1: thinking earlier on today oddly enough as I just mentioned about that and I thought oh. If I get a birthday pick this year, mm-hmm. I think my birthday pick should be Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. That's so funny. What's your birthday? That is
2: funny. It? That's that's an omen. Yeah, it's an omen. We definitely spoken. follow that. It's an omen.
0: But in that, he's Professor Lawrence Van Helsing. Mm. So, was he connected with the university by this point? Is it, it Doctor Van Helsing? Because you're a professor. A professor is someone who's connected to a university, yeah. and has lecturing time. So I presume that he's become connected with the university by the time he's fighting Dracula in China. <laughs> um, Absolute fucking mental. Um, other, other stuff for Hammer. Hammer of the Baskervilles, The Mummy, The Vampire Lovers, The Gorgon, Twins of Evil, The Abominable Snowmen, which has a Nigel Neal script, which is fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah, I've only seen it once. But
0: Fear in the Night, Captain Clegg, *She*, Captain Clegg. Shatter... Um, Sword of Sherwood Forest where he's the sheriff of Nottingham and Cash on Demand which is one of their crime films like one of the early crime ones that he's in now for Amicus ooh all (laughs) of them The Skull Torture Right so uh, we'll we'll head up which one's a portmanteau as well because Amicus did Mm. a lot of those um, Mm -hmm. so there's The Skull Torture Garden which is a portmanteau uh, Scream and Scream Again The House That dripped Blood that's no, that's not Portmanteau. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it that's is Portmanteau. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Eye Monster. Um, Tales from the Crypt. Portmanteau. Asylum. Portmanteau. And now the screaming starts. From Beyond the Grave. Portmanteau. And The Beast Must Die. Which is basically
1: Shaft meets a werewolf. It totally is. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, a lot of insanity. Sorry. Just to cut in very quickly. Just realise, I lied. I have watched a horror film since we last met. Um, I watched "I Bury the Living," very good oh. film. Really enjoyed it. Sorry if we can go back. Oh to no, that.
0: "I Bury the Dead." I'm thinking. I'm
1: thinking of that. Oh, look, that was it a few years ago with Ron Perlman. That is fantastic. I, I sell f- the dead. I sell the dead. Yeah, I watched that about four times. Yeah, no, I finally watched "I Bury the Living," which was really good. Black and white film. A guy takes over. As the custodian of a cemetery, mm-hmm. um, and the, the idea is they've got a map of all of the plots, and if it's got a white pin in it, it means that the plot has been bought by someone, but nobody's buried in it, and a black pin means that that person is dead, and he realises that any plot that he puts a black pin in, whoever owns that plot dies. Ah. Yeah. That's cool. um, Yeah. Nice. Really good, nice sorry concept, but yes, I like that. So just go, that's fantastic. <laughs> and
0: then, and then, and then we go on to Tygon. This is; mm-hmm. these are all the. There was a load of weird, um, basically a load of production companies because of the success of Hammer. You got a lot of production companies just shooting to do the same thing, and then there was Tygon. So he did the Blood Beast Terror, which called the Peter Cushing was literally the worst film we've been in. Um, I quite like it myself. It's about fuck it's Fucking mental. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. One it's like it's like a were moth is the best way I can describe oh, it. Someone who becomes a giant moth but it's got oh Kevin Stoney being a prick to a fucking vulture in a <laughs> cupboard and <laughs> Oh, it's just—it's fucking mental. It really is. I—I I, I can just enjoy it on that level. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be scared by it in any way, shape, or form. But just in terms of holy Mary, mother of fuck, you've gone mad. That is a—that's one for that. Um, and the creeping flesh for Tyburn. Mm-hmm. He did Legend of the Werewolf and the Ghoul. Now the Ghoul is fucking brilliant. That's the one with John Hurt. Not saying that. That is... That's an experience. That's a really fucking good <laughs> film. Um, also, Legend of the Werewolf also is another film with him
1: with Roy Castle. That's uh, three films with him and Roy Castle all together. I've, uh, got, to, I've got to interject at this point. Mm. Roy Castle, he was a good-looking bastard, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> didn't realise. I remember him back from uh, children's TV in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realise just what... Uh, well, a matinee idol that that fellow was at the time. Well, would you like me to? Would you like me to crack into some
0: uh, Castle stuff? Oh yeah, please. So, obviously, singer, dancer, multi instrumentalist, and jazz trumpeter Roy Castle hosted the children's TV show Record Breakers from 1972 until 1994. That's just what before I he died him from. Yeah, uh, the show kept going until 2001. Uh, he wrote and performed the theme tune dedication. Dedication, dedication dedications—what
1: you need? Yeah,
0: that's his own trumpeting. Um, yeah, because he does all his own—he does all his own trumps uh, in this. Um, during his time on the show, he broke eight world records himself, including January nineteen seventy-three: the fastest tap dance—one thousand four hundred and forty taps per minute, which is twenty-four taps per second. That's a impressive, and that kidding. record still stands. Yeah. He That's is still man. the record holder of that. <laughs> yeah. He recorded three albums. Um, the thing that most of us obviously know is he was a lifelong non-smoker, diagnosed with lung cancer in 92, and then he campaigned about uh, the, eff- the, the effects of passive smoking. He was one of the people who yeah, really yeah. brought it to light. Um, he blamed his condition on playing in smoky jacks clubs for years. Yeah. Also, he was sat next to Donald Sutherland, who was fucking chaining it yeah, in yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> so that couldn't have helped. Um, when he was diagnosed, he embarked on what he called a Tour of Hope, which was a 1,200-mile a walk around the UK to raise money to form a charity, which eventually became called the Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, after his death in '94, his widow and the charity continued to campaign, which resulted in segregated smoking areas in restaurants and uh, uh, the eventual 2007 UK smoking
2: ban. Wow. So he's probably saved more lives than yeah. Yeah. than every other. Cool, Blimey, yeah. Le Roy Castle. Um, his son Ben uh, Ben Castle
0: is a noted jazz saxophonist who's played recorded with li- literally fucking hundreds of fucking people, including Radiohead, Nick Cave, Lalo Schifrin, Arthur Brown, Amy Winehouse, Hawkwind, Matt Berry, and as I've put here, and a lot of shit people as well. <laughs> so but um, other films obviously like I mentioned Doctor and the Daleks Legend of the Werewolf and he's Captain Keen in Carrying Up the Kyber which is
1: one of the other Um, carry on films I would recommend that is Mm. on my list yeah um, yeah uh, we should probably actually discuss each of the yeah segments in segments in this Um, so the Werewolf was oh I I should also mention um, we've mentioned before but my introduction into horror um, was quite a lot of um, uh, was spurred quite a lot by the um, Doctor Walpurgis, Doctor Terror um, yeah. horror double, the horror double bills they used to do on yeah. Friday wasn't it It was like a little BBC mm. Two segment. yeah yeah and this was this the was very one, first yeah. one that mm. I saw so this was the first one that originally reperked my interest in horror yeah it, when I was Fourteen or fifteen.
2: So I can definitely see that. If you'd yeah. watched it, then having yeah.
1: watched this at midnight or whatever when it was on, yeah, man. I love the first one, uh, the, the the werewolf.
2: Mm. Um, yeah, that was yep, a nice twist. I wasn't expecting it to be the woman particularly. No, it
1: was. Uh, but again, uh, that's what I love about Paul Mano films mm. is you get that very short, encapsulated. If you tried to drag that story out to an hour yeah. and a half, yeah. yeah. It would have felt strained whereas with these you can do right you've got 15 minutes go for it yeah. don't put any extraneous information in just focus it all and that's what I love about them mm. yeah and this one did it perfectly and the Roy Castle voodoo one for me yeah was just, sure. just phenomenal because I think it's, it's like horror and short stories I think it just works so much better mm.
0: because you can just do you just do the payoff Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a joke almost. Like you can do the twist, or you can do the. But it's just you don't have to drag out. Any single one of these at ninety minutes would have been a
2: fucking short. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because to try and make enough details. Yeah. Like just yeah, but But just as characters, mm. this
1: is where it starts off, and then you jump the whole middle section and Mm. go right. This is the start. Now you know everybody. This is how it ends. You don't have any of that.
0: Also, Caleb
1: the Undertaker
0: in that was Lestrade to uh, Peter Cushing's Sherlock Holmes when he was doing it on the BBC. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, and he's also The Undertaker in the opening credits of The Prisoner. But that's not the end of the line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I think the, were- the Werewolf's good. There's a lot of shady looking as well. which Yes. Is so, yeah. And
2: then you've got The Creeping Vine. mm so I, I really like the science bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, explain, cause they, they actually did explain, you know, they did, they evolution. It, yeah, in. in many ways. Yeah, they, I
0: think, well, could, but also, obviously, that's the one with Alan Fluff Freeman, yeah, uh, Radio One DJ, not off, non-stop smiling man throughout the yeah. year. Works. Mm. Works worked on. Uh, uh, he was actually born in Australia, but he worked on radio, like BBC Radio, well, Radio Luxembourg and then BBC Radio from 1960 to 2000. Wow. And he only stopped because his arthritis meant he couldn't use the desk anymore. Oh, uh, his most, I would say, we've got to mention, he is God in the young ones in Cash and Summer Holiday. Yes,
1: yes, he is. Hi, everyone.
0: I'm God. <laughs> he was also, um, he came out as bisexual in 1994, but he was described by Graham Chapman as keen on motorbikes, leather and men. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Interesting. And the the guy who had the immortal line of a plant like that could take over the world, yeah. uh, he is the original M from the Bond mm, films. I thought I recognised okay. him. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's why... That, that's the great thing, is because I just feel all the time that I'm just waiting for Sean Connery yeah. to come in. And <laughs> he's like, sorry about this 007, we're dealing with a creeping vine.
1: So, and the little girl, she's still an actor, and she was John Merrick's mum in The Elephant Man. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: It was definitely my least favourite of the stories. Mm. Um, not because of uh, Alan Freeman. No. But, um, yeah, I just. I th- I think it's I probably think the th- effects of. Yeah. Not held up. Uh, uh, out of all of them, I think the effects of struck- even more possibly than the creeping Hand, I just think it. I think it. I think it also
0: is the only one that doesn't have a real payoff. Payoff. They're trapped in the house, and, and then you're waiting for. <laughs> yeah. M to get back. Yeah.
2: But um, then you see, I quite liked it, you see the plant putting out the fire. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, uh, that's what you need to do to take over the world. Yeah. yeah. He well, it's, well, he told us that, yeah. you know, if an animal stops, if yeah. any
0: living creature stops being afraid of fire, then, you know, yeah, we're all i oh, like that, could take
1: over the world. <laughs>
0: oh. But, I like it, because I just felt like I'd switched over to one of the weird 60s, yeah. like, um, those great sort of sci-fi films with a lot of well, as you know, we're scientists here at the Science of Big Institute
2: for Plantology and Aliens. <laughs> it was was a little bit look around you? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah! <laughs> oh beautiful. But beautiful. I, what I liked was again, it was different enough, so it, it seemed like yeah, you know, that, that's good to to keep changing pace and yeah, yeah. style.
0: And again, we because there there used to be the tradition of there be a funny one
2: mm, usually, yeah, yeah.
0: and intentionally or not,
2: yeah, that's the funny yeah, one. Yeah, Because
1: yeah. Yeah. the voodoo one is probably the funny one
0: because yeah, there's a lot of comedy like, in there.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. Um What's the actor's name moves in that as well? Kenny like, Lynch. Kenny Lynch. Do uh, you know what? He's one of those guys, every time I see him on screen I smile because he's always brilliant and he's always funny. But mm-hmm. when somebody goes, what's Kenny Lynch in? I go, um, and I can't think of...
0: He's a bus conductor in carrying love and he was Kenny and Curry and Chips, Mike the Milkman in Tickle on the Tum, and he was in the Sweeney and Z cars, but mostly he was on like Little and Large,
1: Des O'Connor shows. That's what I mean, I remember. He just used to be a a cameo guy. Guy. yeah. But he was always fantastic. He was always brilliant, but I just Yeah, oh. it was never enough that I remembered specifically what he was in. Oh, he's he's so
0: good in this. But and this this is this is where Another musical interlude comes in here. Cool. Right. Because he was he was a singer. A singer, songwriter, producer and everything. So um, he released the first ever cover of a Beatles song. He was the first person to cover the Beatles oh, and release it. yeah. Uh, and he actually toured with them. Um, he wrote songs for a lot of other artists, including The Small Faces. Uh, participated in Eurovision in 62. Wrote the theme tune to Carry On Emmanuel. Love Crazy. Okay. You might want to cover over that (laughs) he's currently on tour with jimmy tarbuck and anita harris what now now this year 2018 yeah he is currently on tour with jimmy tarbuck and anita harris i'd
1: go to that cannonball
0: little and large kenny everett he was on my friends cannonball your friends Lee's good friends cannonball this however is the key like i said he did his own records he was also a producer he produced a song by a guy called Jimmy Chambers called You Can't Fight It. And it's a soul... It's it, it's basically like a vocal soul version of Assault on Precinct 13. The John Carpenter theme tune. Seriously, I will play it. Once we've finished here, I'm going to play it to you. It is <laughs> fucking incredible. It is so <laughs> fucking good. It's like... Because I'm like... Mm, I'm a bit worried because it's sort on Precinct 13 and, and it's it's literally sampled and they play over it and like yeah. but oh my fucking Christ it's so good it should have been in like Shaft or Foxy Brown or Coffee or something like that or like across
1: 110th Street we're going to close out with this track yeah Adam is it's definitely
0: so uh so damn good and also we've got the voodoo stuff the voodoo music I is, love that song. Mm, yeah. That is that actually is... Tubby Hayes, who is the guy playing saxophone with them. Because everyone in that band... That is the Tubby Hayes quartet actually... with Roy Castle playing trumpet. <laughs> so that was actually a proper jazz. So that's why they were so mm. tired. Yes, yeah. so that's tired. why they're so fucking good. And that's also why they know, yeah, you're just hang around a fucking drink. Also, <laughs> it has to be said, Paul Simon. I hope you've watched this film. Going off and stealing, like, you know... Folk music and things from other yes. places, you know, this is what could happen. You could be attacked <laughs> by a mighty wind in your, in your apartment, Mr Simon. Also, they mention Kenny Ball, who was a jazz yes. trumpeter, lived in Hornchurch. I used to stroke his dog in the post office.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, when I was little.
0: Yeah. Is, is that a euphemism? No. <laughs> I, w- I wish it was.
2: Did he have a nice dog?
0: He had a lovely dog. The dog was lovely because I didn't know who fuck Kenny Ball was. Mm. And my mum was always going, oh, he was stroking Kenny Ball's dog in the post office. It does sound like a euphemism now, you said. <laughs> I'm just going to have to work out what form. Anyway, like, alright. Yeah, you know, he was um, stroking Kenny Ball's dog in the post office. The, the voodoo one's definitely meant to be the comedy one. And Roy Castle was, uh, you know, Pratfalls and everything
1: are uh, his yeah. metier. It's like his character, right from the off, like his character. Oh, yeah, no, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, just the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the. Bit cheeky. Yeah, exactly. The, the kind of comedy character, yeah. the whole time they're even in the.
0: Even having to do the swing, like the, the beat with the yeah. tap in the cards. Yeah. <laughs> You're a
1: musician. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you obviously get the disembodied hand. Um, if you want to know more facts about Christopher Lee, go to listen to Welcome to Horror Episode Four: The Devil mm-hmm. Rides Out. If you want to hear more facts about Monkey Cuddler Michael Goff uh, go to Episode Five: The Legend of Hell House. Um, but that's a that's a great solid little one. I it is it as well. It is. And when they drag the uh, and it's, it's just a lovely chimpanzee and he comes out in his little mm-hmm. straw, yeah. his little hoop top and his
1: dungarees. I can only hope to have a child as cute as that hairy monkey. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, and as
2: good that, at
1: art, oh. yeah. And that's what I loved about each of these stories is that you can imagine if it was pitched, you'd go, "Oh yeah, that's a film." Mm. And that's the thing, and you'd make the mistake of drag it, dragging dragging yeah. it out to an hour and a quarter or an hour and a half.
0: Peter Cushing dis- uh, followed around by a disembodied hand for an hour and a half is not good. No, uh, sorry, uh, Christopher <laughs> Lee, but yeah, Christopher but, Lee. Yeah, a,
1: a, for a ten minutes, I Perfect. It's absolutely perfect, and that's what, I, as you were saying though, with the um, um, with uh, with fiction as well, like horror books. I've exactly the same thing. I just find that's why I love uh, Lovecraft. That's why I love M. R. James, mm. uh, Poe. Yeah, it's the same. It's taking that scary idea. Yeah, and rather than trying to drag it out and making a whole thing of it, it's just this is this cross section of your yeah. Like your cross section of if if you're if you see a ghost or if you're in that kind of a situation, you only see what you see. You don't yeah. need to know before. You don't need to know. You don't mm. need the, the entire story. You just need the element that you. I think interact I, with. I think personally, I
0: think a portmanteau biography would be incredible, where you just do the important bits of someone's life. Yeah, where it's like right. This is the bit where they make their million. This is the bit where they go a bit mad and lock themselves away for years with <laughs> tissues on their feet. This is the bit where they kill that hooker, you know. This is the bit where they go to court and get away with it. You know, that's... But, like, you know, half hour. Fuck it. Yeah, you, know. you don't... Yeah, You don't, you don't have to, to watch the three-hour biopic with some pricking in aging makeup. Like yeah. That, fucking Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interminable. Interminable, I say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think... I mean, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a meat and potatoes disembodied hand story, isn't
2: it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good choice to do it, uh, what was it, the l- one from the, the end? Month. Because it, it built up each uh, sort of interlude, you sort of built up your dislike for his character mm. because he's kept on trying to make the point, yeah. this is mm. all not real, you're you know, don't be fooled. Yeah, bold. he's been a bit of a prick. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like, you could put that point across, but you don't have to be quite so uh, yeah. impolite.
1: As you say, that's that's the thing. Like that would be me in my head. Mm. Mm. would yeah. be thinking. Oh, don't it's fall not, for these people. Yeah, you, but you don't. You don't
0: feel you have the right to then bark at a room full of people, yeah, oh, yeah, especially
2: if you're not an arrogant uh, art critic. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean that—that's the best bit though—is yeah. when Roy Castle. Well, i have never heard of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead, of deflated yeah. and like,
1: Only he could have that
0: line yeah. with all the people it's in their carriage Because I think that's the thing is I think um, Christopher Lee just does. I think for someone who was quite like that, he understands deflation of that. Mm. Yeah, you know, of someone popping the arrogance or pricking he against can, yeah. the pomposity of it. He's actually acutely aware, and I, I mean, I just love it when Michael Goff's just sitting there with the string of paper monkeys yeah. and stuff like. And um, excuse uh, me, because because Michael Goff just plays that so well; he's just grinning mm. all the time. And a great scream from Mister Lee at the end as well. Yeah, with yeah, very with good. with the most British paramedic. Well, not the, the, they weren't paramedics; they ambulance drivers. I miss those days where it'd just be like you know there's plenty of blind man can do get over <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then obviously we finally end up with a vampire mm. with Donald Sutherland father of Queefer. Um and you were trying to think of what you might know him from mm. um, he's in the Cape Bush video for Cloud I'm just putting the Cloud Busting I'm putting that in there uh, Don't Look Now Invasion of the Body Snatchers uh, MASH he was in the film of MASH not the TV show uh, Kelly's Heroes JFK Animal House he's in all the Hunger Games he's
2: President Animal Snow. House
1: he's in Animal House you must know him from Animal uh, House
2: I haven't seen any of these so far oh fair enough Buffy the Vampire he Slayer he was the original oh, watcher sorry, in sorry sorry did sorry, see I can't. the film yeah? yeah I did see that I don't yeah know he was he way. was like her watcher in that you uh, know the role that's
1: like uh, Anthony Head okay. sorry I can't let let, uh, let this pass You've not seen Animal House. I've never heard of it. Wow. Oh, that that I'm impressed by, I was I know that isn't horror. Is we it, need to show you is, are there animals house. in it and is there a house in it? No. Oh, okay. There isn't animals in it anywhere. <laughs> it's a house of animals. It's um right. it's a fraternity. Uh, um, okay. Oh, John is directed, John Belushi um, It's just Oh wow.
2: Chaos or
1: oh, oh, it's, great. it's the whole College years, mm, yeah. College students in a fraternity. You've got your hierarchy. You've got your dean who hates them and wants yeah. to throw them all out. It, it's where that whole archetypal, I see. thing came from. Was from that fucking film. I'm just is... thinking
0: about Dean Dean Yaiter Faber. Yeah, that, because he is just great in anything. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, <laughs> Airplane Two. <laughs> Is that a good sign? Well, it does the trick so far. Uh, <laughs> what is your impression of him? I don't do impressions, I'm a clinical psychiatrist. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, no, um, we need to show you. Backdraft that. murder by decree, fallen. Uh, Kentucky Fried Movie is a clumsy through Kentucky Fried I Movie I love
1: Kentucky Fried Movie he's also in
0: a film called Puffball The Devil's Eyeball which is a Nick Rogue film that I have not seen from about 2007
1: I've not even heard of that yeah
0: and it sounds like it could be quite good I will let you know I'll investigate further he's been in loads of TV series lately uh, Trust Crossing Lines Dirty Sexy Money Human Trafficking um, oh he's, ho- he's Hollis Hurlbert in The Simpsons in Lisa the Iconoclast. Do you know the one where it's... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jebediah Springfield and his silver tongue. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who runs the um, oh, museum. shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember
0: that character. Yeah. So, uh, that's him. So, you might know. I've it. possibly Yellow. seen him in that. Yeah. So, yeah. I've heard him in that. Oh, and the the uh, the wife, the vampire wife, mm. she wrote the scripts to Tales That Witness Madness, and Son of Dracula, which is a film starring Harry Nilsson as Dracula, Freddie Jones as Baron Frankenstein, and Ringo Starr as Merlin the Magician.
3: Why have I not seen that? I know.
0: I can't work that one out either. Why have I not heard of that? Exactly. That's just meant,
1: wasn't it? Jesus
0: Christ. So, that's how
1: many of those films came out in that period. that yeah. you can't even keep up with them. I know. And I, I wonder if that's anything.
0: What is it, Nielsen Schmilson, The one where he's got the A Son of Schmuelson. Son of Schmielsen. I wonder if Son of Dracula something to do with that because he's in it and it's Dracula stuff. And so that, that could have been what
1: got his interest. Fighting, it might have been. Yeah. This, I've, which we mentioned on the last episode. Uh yes, I think so we did Wilson on the last. Episode. I think we did. Yes we did, because we were mentioning that Dean had told me to listen to it. Yes. And I had a copy on vinyl, um and he was saying if you really like Rocky Horror that's where all the music was taken from. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What a strange well like story. I say,
0: this looks this looks like one of those classic sort of like a bunch of musicians got together and made a film sort of thing. Well, like I say, yeah. Ringo Starr is Merlin the Magician, who is apparently Dracula's mentor in it. And it might have musical numbers in it as well. We shall, we shall
1: find out we one day. definitely find out one day.
0: But, yeah, I think the vampire one's good. I'd, I'd like to think I would have asked for a bit more fucking evidence before I start stabbing my wife yeah. to death in the middle of the night. I'm but, definitely... she was, but she was a vampire. She was a vampire.
2: You could say that... The other doctor who turned out to be the vampire had a bit of a supernatural effect on his mind. He may have done I, I, not,
1: enough loose. Loose. Not, not enough of a supernatural effect to have managed to keep that accent up, or mm. any accent, yeah. for any prolonged period of time. I didn't but actually notice it, that. Just, oh, it just <laughs> kept going from, like, Brooklyn, New York, to possibly Romanian, and then to possibly British, and then it I just... Know. I think he's English.
0: Well, Maybe that was a hint, though. Oh, it's oh yeah, he's, he's just been travelling around a lot, and he's box full of dirt.
1: of course. Not that he's a really bad actor. Yeah,
0: a guy called Max Adrian. He is um, he's um, Frankie Howard's owner in Up Pompeii. He's ludicrous. Oh, I've sextus. not
1: seen that in a very long
0: time. I, yeah, don't go look into it for <laughs> for historic accuracy.
2: <laughs> um, that sounds like Life of Brian again. Yeah. yeah silliest Yeah,
1: that's the one that gets me silliest (laughs) sodders okay. so to wrap this up for the next episode um, we are going to watch the thing the uh, amazing John Carpenter Kurt Russell extravaganza that is the thing that was the mistake I made before I said it was John Landers it's John Carpenter is John Carpenter yeah yeah. that's probably why I got confused again and we
0: will do Legend of the
1: Seven Golden Vampires at some point. And we will do Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires possibly the next episode, but if not just at some later point. Yeah. I'd just like to show it to Chris. To yeah. Just get his... That's, yeah, that's going to be one of the, the games. The Pogoing Vampires. I yeah. I'd like to see what you make of that. It's fucking madness. Can't um, wait. <laughs> uh, please hashtag ask, welcome to horror. Ask us anything you'd like. We will definitely answer it. Um email us at info at to Uh message us below on Soundcloud or come to our Facebook page. Um, yeah. Hit us up on Instagram, we're kind of friendly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we definitely are, I don't yeah. just accept it. I, this is the problem, I just accept if I get friend requests from people I don't know, I just think that oh, might be somebody who listens to the show, despite the fact we've only got 50 listeners if I just get but a... you're a
0: lovely 50 listeners and we love every single
2: one we of do oh,
1: yeah no we, no we absolutely do without a shadow of that um, yeah I'd just like to say that actually having brought that up thank you yeah uh, we really appreciate the fact that um, we seem to now have a solid listenership of people who listen to all of our episodes um, yeah and we, we really appreciate it please contact us and please speak to us we'd love to engage with you yeah
0: um, let us know if there's any films you feel we should cover yeah. If there's any films, you know, remember, remember that we are constantly in a search for new things to show Chris as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Just anything we don't know, let us know.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Thanks ever so much, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in a fortnight. time for the thing. Good night.
3: Night.
2: Night.